You are tired of average. You want more out of life. You know you're capable of something greater. This show will help you become resilient in your home, at work, and in your community. Welcome to the Resilient Humans Podcast with your host, Kevin Wood. All right, welcome back to the Resilient Humans Podcast, and I have a special guest today. It is a fellow enlifted coach. So um, as of recording, I'm going to be graduating my enlifted program uh, tomorrow. Uh, Matt's been at this. He said he graduated his level two about a year ago now. So I can't wait to get into that. Um, Matt is also a level two recovery coach and he has certifications in breath work and sound therapy, which I can't wait to dive into all of that. Uh, welcome to the show, Matt. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Kevin. Uh, happy to be here. Fellow enlisted coach, as you mentioned, congrats, pre, uh, preemptive congrats for tomorrow night there. And yeah, just, I love the, uh, the idea of your show, the name of the show and yeah, just, uh, had a cool, you know, five minute prelude there with you. So I'm really, uh, really excited to be here. Cool, man. So tell me a little bit, tell me a little bit about you. Where are you from? What do you do? Give me your little ba- background story. We'll start with for that. Sure, for sure. Yeah. So I'm from uh, Prince George, British Columbia, Canada. So for listeners out there, it's like Northern British Columbia, British Columbia being the westernmost province in Canada. Uh, the coastline is like where Vancouver is and such. So I'm about eight hours northeast of Vancouver, 70,000 people, very blue collar city, lots of nature. So I spent a lot of time out in nature, uh, literally the house I grew up in, like I could hop my fence and be in the river valley, like vast, you know, uh, I w- walked to my buddy's place through the woods and such like that. So great place to to grow up. I got out of there as soon as I could. Having said that, uh, you know, by the time I was 18, I was, I was out of there. So just wanted to move to a bigger center. So I moved to Edmonton, which is where I currently am, Edmonton, Alberta. So that's about a couple hours north of Calgary for folks, uh, the American listeners or anybody else that's listening. Um, and yeah, I've been here since uh, 2001. Um, you know, I did my, the one career, my, I call it my past life or my previous life was uh, working at uh, Overweighty Food Group, which is also Save on Foods. Uh, is what it's come, come now. It's like a Western Canadian grocery chain, much like a Safeway or like as far as like footprint wise uh, for a grocery store. It's like that literally from the time I was 16 years old until, uh, well, uh, about a year ago. So it was like everywhere in between from like that, you know, the 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 kid with the long hair that would close four nights a week in the bakery deli to assistant store manager that opened a brand new story during like the third wave of the pandemic and sort of all points in between. And, you know, I really enjoyed that a lot about that job. However, uh, as as happen as can happen, uh, when I turned 40, I felt this like, and part of my so- story also is sobering up. So I think uh, after, take out the I think, after I started uh, sobering up and realizing uh, I was numbing some of this uh, feeling of disenfranchised and, you know, uh, just unfulfilled with the, with the job. And I started listening to that and just really listened to my intuition. Uh, I ended up taking six months off in 2021 uh, over the summer. I had never taken any amount of time off beyond maybe a week here or there, right? So six months off was a huge chunk of time. And then at that point is when I really started noticing uh, there was like so much extra stuff I wanted to do. I remember ma- waking up the morning of my leave of absence. I had, you know, like one of those internal voices that was a little bit more beyond than like what my normal voice would be. Like there was some kind of voice that was in my head that said, you're not going back. I'm like, hmm, 
interesting. I wonder, wonder what that means. Who said that, you know? Uh, so it was just a matter of exploring and remaining curious about that. Uh, that's when I got into and lifted was that summer. A friend of mine, uh, Mike Schwartz, uh, showed it to him. He's uh, an in lifted coach as well. Uh, I just got on his podcast. I was a musician. Um, he had me on and and I told him what I had going on. And and he's like, well, you got to meet this guy, Mark England. And, you know, the next day I'm on a call with Mark England. And like, I think that's Sunday, like four days later, uh, he invited me to one of the Brandon Powell breathwork sessions. And at that point, I'm like, this is this is where I need to be. This type, These type of people are my people. Uh, you know, I, I want to be uh, associated with these types of folks. So uh, soon thereafter, Enlifted Level 1. Uh, and then it was just a matter of, okay, so I have the Enlifted method, right? I have that background. Uh, how can how can I, you know, use my own life experience and sort of find that niche that they always talk about when you're starting out, right? Which I totally understand. Initially, I was like, no, I want to help everybody, you know? And I don't get me wrong. There's part of me that's still very much of that mindset. But in the meantime, as I'm, you know, learning the ropes and 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 figuring things out and people are getting to know me, it is important for me to have that niche. And uh, at that point, that's where I, I coupled it with the recovery coaching thing. And yeah, like, I, as you mentioned, thanks in the intro there, uh, coming up on my year full time. So I quit my job uh, January 28th of uh, 2022. So that is time of recording like four days from now. And I officially went full time. Uh, doing the coaching gig here as like February 1st, 2022. So just shy of my one year here. This is, this show is all about resilient humans. And I know to quit a job that you've been at for so long, takes some level of resilience. What was that like for you? Like you had to have had a lot of these, what if statements kind of floating through your mind at the time, how did you get through it? And how did you push through that? Mm, great question. Yeah. The first one that I'll, I'll, I'll start with is like the money story, right? So I had been used to getting paid every Friday, like clockwork. Right. Uh, and you know, by, by the end it was, it was starting to get a, to be a pretty big paycheck. Right. Uh, so even though I, I thought I had psychologically prepared cause I, you know, I squirreled away some money. I got this, I had a bonus and incentive, uh, you know, so I'm like, I'm going to use this to get me through that six month leave of absence. So I'm like, I'm covered. I'm good. Right. Or so I thought, so that was like, I, I'll tell you that that six month sabbatical that I took was sort of like the training wheels for what came later. And that was, dude, that was like the hardest thing was like, I then realized that I have these like, collapse distinctions like my self-worth and the money i get every week is that that's a thing i didn't realize that was even a thing right uh until i was exposed to that first friday where i didn't get the check and i'm like i looked i'm like ooh, i'm actually feeling something like there was some energetic like you know it was like there was kind of like a ping inside of me i'm like ooh, okay what is that all about right and that took a little while to get over i'm, I'm not gonna you know i'm gonna, not gonna lie to you so that was that was a tricky one the money story and just relaxing that and realizing that um you know, I'm not going to be homeless, uh, you know, in two months from now, like I'm covered, I'm good. And, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that we learn in, in, in lifted really helped me with that, like unpacking a money story, doing uh, the story work process with it, breathing on it, creating some affirmations around uh, separating my self-worth from the money I make. Um, you know, my, my fiance or uh, I call her my wife, um, you know, is super supportive. So she was unconditionally supportive where I had these like dips of self-doubt. And like you mentioned, these like, these, what ifs, what if in the bad stuff. Right. 
Uh, and she's always like, no, you, we're good. I'm making like good money. I can, I can make up for it in the meantime and, and do your thing. You're on the right track. And it's just, dude, that was such an important thing for me. So to, you know, answer that other side of the question, uh, having that support of a, of a spouse, um, you know, I had built up quite a bit of, uh, like a pension as well. So it's worth mentioning like some of these like details, if somebody is, uh, thinking about, you know, taking this step. The financial steps that I did that relaxed those money stories a lot uh, were, um, you know, I, I got my pension and the majority of it had to get rolled into, of course, another pension, which I'm totally happy with. Uh, but I, I did get a lump sum of money as well. And what I did is I paid off all my usual monthly expenses, that being like insurance, car insurance, health insurance, uh, lots of other uh, like things for my coaching business. I paid it off all annually. So it gave me 12 months of breathing room. I really reduced my monthly bills like as lower than it's been probably since I was a teenager. Like it's literally food and gas money, right? I felt like I was a teenager again. <laughs> And uh, we refinance the house, you know, so get like the lowest possible mortgage payment we could get just, just for now. Right. And um, you know, so things like that, and that really relaxed my, I was, like I say, I was very fortunate to have that six months to, you know, test the waters, so to speak on how this is going to feel this, this full-time coaching thing. And then when it came time to doing it, yeah, absolutely. I I, I felt like I was ready. I, I was ready. I am ready. Uh, you know, just to, take that step out and and realize it's you know that it's not all about like just I, i'm able to get myself out of the survival like just oh thrashing around and like oh i gotta start getting clients i gotta start making money and just focusing really on building relationships networking you know meeting awesome people like yourself coming on podcasts and just really focusing on that as opposed to this like this scarcity mindset that was the number one thing man i i would i would say uh because that was really effing with me you know like um my my mentality, my the self worth thing. So as soon as I was able to unpack that and relax that whole story, that was the biggest thing. Don't get me wrong, there's still a bit, and it's a big thing of what we talk about in in, in lifted the the imposter syndrome thing. That was another big one, especially uh, when I was getting ready to quit the previous job because it was like there was the voice in my head that was like, "Why are you so much better than like?" What what makes you think you're the one guy that can just walk away from this career that's paid your bills for 20 years, <laughs> like really getting into it with me, right? And I'm like, well, you know, I'm, I'm not happy there. I'm like, I'm not happy there. So I'm happy with what I'm doing now. So cool. yeah, there there was some of that. Um, those are the two biggest things though. I think the self-doubt, having that support from my, my wife and then the money story, again, the support from the wife, but also the ability, the skills, the tools to be able to unpack that money story and see, see it for what it is. Yeah. So it wasn't like a whim where just like, I'm going to pull the bandit off and go there. It sounds like there was a lot of planning preparation and support along the way, which helps create what you have now. So yeah, let, let's dive into that. What, what is it that you do now? I, I know you're into some like recovery coaching. Yeah, that's right. That's all about and how you got into it. Yeah, for sure. So uh, yeah, a little bit uh, more of the background with me. I was a heavy drinker from pretty much the time I was like 16 years old. I was, you know, I was into sports and then I got into marijuana and band band stuff. So I started playing guitar and then I, my, my interests went into music. So, uh, you know, growing up in Prince George, um, you know, just playing in bands there and, uh, you know, reading books about Led Zeppelin and and when I'm 16 years, the 16 year old version of me, I thought it was really cool that like these guys are drinking every night and smoking, smoking drugs and destroying hotel rooms. I had that kind of self-destructive streak in me back then. I thought it was cool. Right. Um, so that's, that's the path I took. I took. And so most of my twenties, I'd say pretty much my entire twenties, I was a daily drinker. 
uh, a lot of mushrooms, a lot of, a lot of weed and just, yeah, I, I was kind of an angry, you know, take out the kind of, I was an angry, angry person. I didn't really, I had this, all this like enthusiasm and all these ideas. And I, man, I, I just, I didn't know where to, to guide them. I, you know, I had the music, but I, there was just a lot to life that I was having a hard time articulating my experience with it. And I just felt very misunderstood and I was misunderstood to myself, right. Is <laughs> to turn it internally as, as we do within lifted, you know, um, and I had, uh, I actually hospitalized myself at 27. Uh, I was in the hospital for three days for acute pancreatitis, you know, and I'd love to say that was like my, the end of the line for, for my drinking. And you know, of course it wasn't, I, I shouldn't say I love that. I'll negate that statement. Just like, you know, it's, it's part of my, part of my story. Right. So that was a big part. Uh, and then in my thirties, early thirties, I finally had this moment where, you know, I'd like, I got to clean up. There was a rock bottom moment that I had. And uh, I took a, a five weeks off uh, to, to basically to dry out and sober up. And I was two weeks into the five weeks and I was still just on this binge and went to my first meeting, my first, uh, AA meeting. And that's literally what changed and saved my life. Um, so I stayed sober for next three years, three months. And, um, and then my ego got involved and said, Oh, you're cured. You're good. Like you can go back to drinking now. Like it's been three years. You've learned, you've done all the self-development. You're good. And of course, you know, I, I tried every moderation technique known to man and none of them worked. And, and it was this dude, uh, meanwhile, I was leveling up with everything else in my life, but this one, you know, uh, pattern that I had, uh, from like teenager had, was just following me around. And, and, uh, I finally, my, actually my dad passed away at, uh, age 66. He had been retired about a year and he, he was always a, a pretty big drinker. And, uh, yeah, as soon as he retired, I mean, it just, it increased. I've seen this with, with a lot of people, uh, his age where a lot of his identity he was a fireman for 35 years. His identity is like a fireman and he didn't really know what to do with himself. This is my you know opinion on it. And yeah, he passed away a couple of days before Christmas, 2018, uh, his celebration life was early 2019. I was heading out back to Prince George from Edmonton, about eight hour drive. Uh, to his celebration of life. And uh, I was coming out of this like rough party weekend, you know, cocaine and uh, lots of beer and just everything else and super strung out. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I'm going to pay respects to my dad here. And I'm like, super strung out. I'm, I'm not, you know, the best version of myself by any means. And uh, about halfway through that drive is where I had that, just that switch, uh, you know, and I think there was a spiritual intervention of some kind too, where I've just felt very, you know, this is okay. This is what I needed to have happen. Like hit that real uncomfortable stage, uh, you know, getting out of my environment, that drive, like I'm driving I'm going through a beautiful spot. It was Jasper, Alberta, like through the mountains, a spot that me and my dad had spent a lot of time in and just going, Hey dad, th this will be a tribute to you. Uh, like I'm feeling this way. So just that culmination of all those things, uh, was what happened. And so here I'm coming up on four years. It'll be April 8th of this year. It'll be four years sober. Awesome. So yeah. Thanks dude. So I, again, the resiliency aspect, I really, I love that word. Uh, and you know, that's what, that's what I wanted to get into is like, I know experientially what, what it feels like to be at that low moment. And also knowing that, you know, there's something inside of me, there's this gap between, you know, uh, where I want to be, where I've envisioned myself and where I'm performing, you know, and how I feel about myself. There's that gap. Uh, it was curious enough. The universe kept giving me these wonderful things. I kept leveling up at my, my relationship, my job, all these different things, but there was just that element that uh, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't kick it seemingly. So, you know, 
here I am. I, I have kicked it. And now it's like the hero's journey thing, right? As soon as you've gone through each stage of the hero's journey, you go back to the beginning, but this time you're helping other people get through their hero's journey. So that's the way I've looked at it. It's incredibly fulfilling. And, you know, what better way, uh, you know, I'm, I'm tying in like the Enlifted Method and Recovery Coach, and I'm also combining it with life experience. So to me, that's like a pretty uh, worthwhile you know, coaching practice that I'm, I'm, I'm building, uh, you know, with with those those components. You've got the trifecta, you got it all there. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. You said when you were in the mountains, that's when you kind of had that realization and it, it almost took getting out of that current environment and literally being in the environment for that to kind of click over. I really like that. And I think a lot of people don't recognize that they're stuck because they stay in that current space. That's not providing anything for them. That's, you know, they're stuck in these current routines and these habits. They want to get out, but they're not willing to get out of that environment. Mm. I think that's, that may be a huge component to it. It sounded like it was for you and I'm it was. assuming it would be for other people as well. Abs- yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, they say, you know, there is a phrase in recovery uh, it says like, you can't recover in this, in the space that, that you were sick or that you were an addict in. And I get that, you know, there's, there's, there is, um, ways around it. And this is something that I cover in my program. Cause like not everybody can just pick up and move. And I understand that. So, you know, uh, what I did is I changed things up in my house. You call it like the feng shui, you know what I mean? When you're moving like the furniture and just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ref, ref, right. Refreshing the house and like doing this big purge and what stuff no longer serves me getting donating some clothes. So, you know, doing this whole thing as best I could as to refresh and re- revise my current environment, but to get to your point, hundred percent, man, I'm glad you picked up on that. It's, it's a very important point is, uh, is, is changing your environment. That's why you see a lot of uh, recovery places are, you know, you're, you're getting you out of your environment. That's intentionally. true. There's a lot, right. There's a lot of, that. there's one of the, there's yeah. one close to town here. They're actually on a farm and like, they, right. Yes. They do all the farm stuff. Super it completely cool. separates them from that life yeah. in the city, downtown. Yep. Drugs all around you. Yeah. Man, I just Dude. recognized that. It just blew my mind. Yeah, that's <laughs> super cool. Yeah. And one like one of the uh the recovery clinics that I um sort of collaborate with here in town in Edmonton is exactly that. It's like out on the farmland, right? And and it's so comforting for people. And you know, I I get the impression just from the way this conversation is going that you, nature is a big part of, of, uh, your, you know, journey or healing, or, uh, just, you like to be out in nature, whatever it may be for you. And yeah, it's the same thing for me. And again, that's the callback to like the way I grew up is, is very much nature and, and, uh, and just that, that allows me to sit with myself and see myself in such a different perspective that if I'm, like you say, I got these blinders on this sort of autopilot, uh, you know, mode that I'm in when I'm in, in my, element so to speak you know what i mean i i do find the older that i get the more subconscious and autopilot i can get if i don't catch myself you know that routine uh the more compulsive uh, side of uh of both my emotions and just the way that i react to things and so that was a big uh, a big thing for me is to get walk away from that job walk away from the drinking walk away from that job because dude it was just like year after year was just it was like groundhog day. It was getting to the point. It was like groundhog day. And, and, uh, you know, at 40 years old, I, I definitely had that, I guess back, you know, back in the nineties, they would call it the, uh, 
the, what, the midlife crisis that, you know, I didn't buy like a, you know, a convertible car or anything, <laughs> but I definitely had that like existential, like, okay, why am I actually here? Like when it's 30, it looks good. Like I'm getting promoted, I'm leveling up and now I'm 40 and I'm like, okay, do I want to continue doing this for the rest of my life? You know what I mean? It felt like a very much like this threshold I had reached and yeah, all of that came in, but yeah, you, you know, get back to your original point for sure. That environment thing and going through the mountains and having this special spiritual spot for me. I don't think that was coincidental, you know, neg negation acknowledged. I think that was very much a part of, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the, what, what changed me and what created this lasting change in me. And I'll go on a little side, side tangent here, but, um, business owners, same deal. Whenever I need to come up with some creative ideas, I get out of my house, out of the business. We go outside, we rent some like dream dome or cabin in the woods. Hell yeah. That's where the magic happens. Dude. Guys, get outside. Oh, that's so good. You. Hell yeah. I love that. Okay, good. I was glad, I'm glad you, you, you let me know, but like same thing, man. Cause like I'm pretty close to the mountains. Like I'm four hours from Banff or I'm four hours from Jasper Damn. and I'll tell you. And like, I like how you said the business thing too. When I, when I go there, I have like creative breakthroughs about like what content, what my messaging, I have so much more clarity when I'm just out walking around in the mountains with the dogs all of a sudden. Yeah, dude, it's such a great point. Such a great point. Eye opening. It so is. You have a, you have a recovery program that you run. What are some of the main pillars involved in that? Yeah, for sure. So uh, I've been going for like, they sort of change with time. It's like, I, I'm getting the feedback from people and what they're saying about it. So for me, it's, it's a lot about like community. First things to the community uh, that's, that's based. It's like, man, it's incredible. And it, it's, it's similar. I guess we could say that it's like enlifted in, you know, the sum of parts, right? Like just, when you get in there with like-minded people, there's just a different energy, isn't there? And yep. and so that was that was uh, what it is. So it's for me, uh, you know, just remembering how it was for uh, getting into the room, the recovery room, the AA, and just getting to know that there's people that feel the same way as you. The need for like for my persona or my ego just dripped away. And that's what this community does, you know, recovery roadmap, what I'm running very much so. It's these people that are like, a little bit hesitant perhaps coming in or like, Ooh, how's this going to go? And, you know, everybody's just been so well, you know, wonderfully open and, and vulnerable and uh, genuine with their check-ins and supporting each other. It's just amazing. Uh, it makes me feel just great to, to see it all happen. So that's the number one is, is just the community part uh, with the community. There is the accountability, right? There's like a, a different level. It's kind of the thing, like, I mean, you do the personal training, correct? You're just saying all the things that we talk about in CrossFit. Real okay, very interesting. I like this. So with, with like for for example, like if I have a personal trainer that I'm accountable to, it's just going to level me up, and it's going to make me 100%. more accountable to myself too, right? If you want to get like reflectionary about it. Yep. So those two things right off the bat have been enormous. Uh, the other two things are a little bit more of the intangible. So those are like the tangible, you got a community and there's the accountability that comes with it. The other two I found have been like, like a rediscovery process. So with sobriety, I'm sure you can imagine there's a lot of either discovery because you've never quite learned how to do something uh, or rediscovery. So what I mean by that is like rediscovering how to go socially and have a good time without alcohol, uh, rediscovering how to go to your parents without like trying to get bombed beforehand because they 
irritate you or whatever it may be, right? So really rediscovering how to do things for the first time. Myself, I hadn't played a note of music sober, like ever. Like I always had a hoot or like had this routine, right? Or a ritual, I will call it. I'd have a couple beers or, a, and then, okay, now I'm feeling a bit buzzed. Now I'll pick up the guitar. And I did that from the time I was 16 years old until I was 30. I hadn't played any sober music. So rediscovering what I liked about music, rediscovering camping. You know, we we're just talking a lot about nature. Dude, the first time I went out camping, I thought it was like so boring because I like when I'd set up, I'd try and get through a flat of beer as quick as I could. Right. So, uh, you know, I'm just sitting there and sitting with myself. I went out by myself and I'm like, wow, it's actually kind of boring. So I thought, I mean, that was like my, my <laughs> initial. So rediscovering what I liked about nature. Right. So that's a, that's a big one. Um, yeah. And I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the, on the fourth one. And I knew you were going to ask me this too. Um, yeah, I do have a four. Yeah. It sounds so like, uh, what's the word? So convicted about my pillars. Eh? I forgot the fourth one. Um, let me, uh, let me Google this because this is again, like I say, it's, uh, it, it yeah. Okay. And, and redefine rediscover. I mean, those are pretty much hand in hand in a sense, right? The rediscovery part is for me is, uh, is rediscovering is doing some deeper dive on myself and helping the other folks doing uh, deeper dives on themselves. So there's a great Gaber Mate quote. It says, you know, if you're dealing with an addiction and you're worried, putting all your energy into the addiction, that's like the secondary problem. The, the problem is why you have that addiction in the first place. What is it your behavioral pattern or trauma that you're covering up with the addiction? So if you're just worrying about the addiction, you're never truly getting into that trauma. So the, re, the you know, rediscovering you know, my inner child to my inner teenager, uh, elements about myself and doing that healing with the story work, with breath work, with sound therapy, uh, then that helps, um, you know, heal the primary source of the addiction. So the, the, the triage, if you will, is to get the mechanics, like get the beer out of your hand, get the drugs out of your hand. That's obviously most important. That's like the, okay, first things first, let's get this out, out of your system. Right. And then from there, in my opinion, the most important part is to start doing that inner work, the story, story work and figuring out why, what happened to me in my life that made me want to drink in the first place. Do you know what I mean? So a few weeks ago, I had Mark England on, on this podcast and we dropped it. Like it was amazing. I imagine. And so yeah. for those that haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. But again, for those that haven't, can you describe what story work is and how that helps in this whole process? For sure. Yeah. So story work's a method. It's like the enlifted method. As we talked about the coaching certification that you and I are both a part of. Um, and so it's like a four-step process. So basically what it is, it's the whole idea is like, it's like the Carl Jung has a wonderful quote, change your story, change your life. So it's not the uh, the life events that affect you. It's your story that you attach to the life events, right? So, and everybody has them and, you know, sometimes they serve at different time in your life. Perhaps they served you, they helped protect you. They helped protect somebody that you were in love with. Right. And, uh, you know, at a certain time though, uh, some of these stories can really echo into your adulthood and not serve you any longer. And, and, uh, in fact, create a limiting belief about myself. Right. And, and so what this, this is an opportunity to get those stories out on paper. So there's a Google doc. If you and I were to do it, Kevin, we'd, I'd have you uh, type up a story of whatever, a limiting belief. And we can start, you know, recent, or if you're very, uh, you know, very aware of that, there was a story that happened to you when you're seven years old and, and it's been eating you up and haunting you for years. We can go about as far back as you want to go. 
oftentimes people will just start with uh, a fairly recent thing and, and, you know, lo and behold, it generally tracks back to childhood. So either way, you're going to type up your story, uh, picture yourself typing up your autobiography, uh, you know, so you're, you're getting into person, place, and thing, uh, the, the, the W5, the how, where, why, and when, and also the emotions that came with it. I felt this way because this happened, right? So that's step one. I check in with you at that point. How did it feel to type and specifically start with, so it's the body, mind, spirit connection. So how did it feel like in your body? Did you tense up? Were you, were your palms sweaty? Were your stress uh, parts of your, your stress activators activating your body. Like for me, it's like my neck and shoulders. I tense up. Okay. So we type that up, but we identify it's an awareness thing. Right. Um, you know, and then how did it make you feel? We go from there. Uh, second one is we get you to read it out loud. So by reading it out loud, as Mark does, you know, like the whole, you get some objectivity, some distance between it. All of a sudden you get this like idea that you're reading almost somebody else's story. It's a little bit of like an out-of-body experience. This is my experience with it anyways. And I'm like, hmm. And by getting out of it and getting some objectivity on it, I can start doing some forgiving. I can start seeing other people's perspective because I'm not just right in it. Right. So that's a big one. So the same thing, we'll check in with your you know, your body, how it showed up in your body, energetically, emotionally. Uh, did you have any inner dialogue that was coming up and chirping at you? Did you believe what you were saying? Right. Uh, th third step would be reading it at about 70 or 80% speed. The idea with, for me, uh, I've found anyways, is the, uh, the, the slowing it down is if there's an initial, say, for example, anger, when you're reading it, slowing it down, will not only make you read certain sentences that are very triggering for myself, I would read them very quickly. So the fact that you have to almost painfully go over them slower, and then it really allows if there's like a secondary emotion, whether it's sadness to come up yeah, and then all of a sudden it's the emotional charge. Yes. The emotional charge, right. It really helps that surface. So that's always interesting. Um, and then finally, it's like really breaking up the story. So sentence by sentence with a big deep abdomen breath in between each sentence, and then just like the the breathing, the pausing, um, you know, the the breathing just does such amazing stuff to you. Like you get this flood of oxygen, you get a little bit lightheaded. And I'll tell you, that's when like the real magic happens. Uh, you can really start having these like moments of forgiveness, self-forgiveness, forgiveness for other characters that are in the story. Uh, and then from there, it's just like uh, the, the enlifted style is really taking a sentence perhaps of negation uh, or just something that's like otherwise has a charge for you and you're plucking out a, say a word at a time and you get this like translation and all of a sudden you have this set of affirmations that's based out of the story that used to be super negative experience for me to read, right. Or for you at this case to read. And it's still your, the words that you've written, but we've just plucked out a few and we've changed the charge and we've taken it from a statement of negation, for example, uh, like I can't do this or they didn't do that. Um, and, you know, and turned it into an affirmation. So now you'll have this associate, this positive association where you have this replay of the story. If it does come up again, you can essentially neutralize it with this set of affirmations, you know, cause a lot of times these stories will have these overarching, uh, similarities to it, right. As far as, uh, you know, uh, themes or, um, you know, themes of shame or themes of, of feeling rejected or whatnot, you know, and uh, and so if you have that, if I have that feeling of rejection, and I have a series of affirmations that were based on some story work that you and I did, it's uh, and then you catch it, you read that affirmation out loud, you breathe it, um, dude. It's 
it's amazing. We, uh, Mark always says it's like airing out the stories and it truly is. It's like the, they start as like these dense, energetic, dark, sometimes dark things. And they just like expand and they get lighter and they get brighter. And uh, as a result, you know, they don't, they no longer haunt you. In fact, they could uh, have the exact opposite. I've had a lot of my stories uh, that used to be thing, stories of rejection and shame turn into uh, stories I champion about myself. And it's, uh, you know, it sounds too good to be true or it sounds like, okay, some like a little bit mystical and it, it is, it is mystical. Uh, it's very, very powerful. And I think that the connection for me is the breath, right? So the being able to breathe into it is what connects and embodies that. Cause like I could read these affirmations all day long and my brain would be like, eh, sometimes I believe you, sometimes I don't. But when I breathe it into my body, right. And I take my time reading it and there's that connection of the, the, the body and mind. And it just takes on such a, a different, uh, a different energy for me. It's remarkable. I went through a story with Mark. It was, I called it high school report card. Basically it was the story of me being average and that's all I'll ever be. After we did the whole process, the whole four stepping it, we came out with an affirmation and I made it my lock screen on my phone and it is, I am driven. Hell yeah. And now whenever I have that thought or feeling of, dude, you're just average. You're not, you're not going to amount to anything successful. I take a deep breath. I read my phone and I fucking believe it. Yeah. Like it's right? crazy Yeah, because of the work, not because I put it on my lock screen, not just because I say it, but because I went through all of that work prior to felt those feelings, went through that emotional roller coaster, released it with my breath. I, I believe it. Mm. It's crazy. It's so That's crazy. Amazing. It's, amazing. it's simple, mm -hmm. but transformative. Exactly. And you know, I think it's, it's transformative because it's simple. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't simply, right. right. Yeah. It doesn't have to be super wordy. Like I am yeah. driven three simple words, breathe, boom. Yeah, dude. I love that. I, I often have, you know, affirmations on my phone. I was, a, I'm glad you recommended that. I always recommend that to my clients, you know, pick two, pick all six, whatever you want to do, really. It's a, and I have a, a set of usually three or four that I have handwritten. Of course, we always like the old magic wand, the pen, pen to paper, you know, uh, energetic exchange that way. And I have it taped to my bathroom mirror and I'm getting into the habit of, of you know, doing 30 day challenges with a different set nice. and saying them to myself and making eye contact with, felt, quite frankly, felt a little goofy at first. I'm yeah, smiling, yeah. having some fun with it. But now I'm like, you know what I mean? I'm locking eyes with myself and I'm saying it breathing it. And that's how I start my day. You know, at some point during the day, if I need a little bit of a recharge, I'll go reconnect with myself at night, you know, whenever it comes up and it's uh, yeah, like you say, simple, but transformative. We have the soft talk challenge posted up in the kitchen here. Oh, rad. <laughs> so yes. my, my daughter, my nine-year-old daughter's yeah. like, you said, maybe. Yeah. Yes, I did. You need, you need like, instead of a swear jar, you need like a soft talk <laughs> jar, right? <laughs> that's a great idea actually. Right. I love that. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, cool, man. This has been an awesome story. I understand you have a, a podcast as well. Yeah, for sure. And uh, just publicly uh, welcome you. The door's always open. Uh, I'd love to do a show swap with you if, if it if it calls to you. Uh, I, I, two different podcasts. Uh, one is specifically to the addiction recovery fields. So that's Beyond Recovery. Uh, very easy to find. There is a few different Beyond Recoveries. Mine is a, it's kind of a green graphic with a simple drawing of like a set of mountains on it. So really easy to find that way. 
Uh, so that's like, and I like to say beyond recovery, it's like, yeah, I, I look at the recovery sobriety is like the foundation, right? And and a lot of people um, are cool just hanging out in there and that's wonderful, you know? Uh, it's it, For me, it's it's getting to that next level. Like beyond recovery to me is like, okay, I have this foundation of sobriety and now I'm wanting to like really get to the next level in just in life and my foundation yes is sobriety but what can i do now you know if i was able to accomplish everything when i was like drunk like 60 70 percent of the time i'm wanting to know what i can do you know beyond this like label you know potentially at some point for me it became a little bit limiting just to say i'm in recovery i'm in active recovery and it's a beautiful thing and i, I really don't want to make make it sound like it's i'm dismissing it it's it's entirely uh, what I base everything that I'm doing on is that I'm remaining alcohol free and sober. Uh, and I was finding that to be a little bit of a, a limitation as well. Right. I, that was becoming too much my identity. So hence the beyond recovery. So I have, you know, guests on there from like, there's all, all the alternative health field, right? So people that'll help you. Cause for me, it wasn't just one thing. Some people, it could be AA meetings. Uh, some people, it could be, uh, you know, getting into sports or activities. Uh, some people it's like music or art therapy. Uh, for me, it was like all the above. Like I love having a bunch of divergent things that are all have the common goal. Uh, so that's what it's about, man. It's like, I have, and I get into some, mm, I guess a little more controversial topics for some folks like plant medicine, which is again, a, a part of like my, my own recovery. And, uh, you know, so it is, it's just like uh, a little bit more of an advanced uh, uh, look at recovery, a little more progressive, I should say, perhaps not advanced. Uh, the other one's just Matt Gardner live. And that's uh, where I just, it's coaches. It's a variety show. I do like some sound therapy. Uh, I do some guided meditation. It's sort of just like an audio business card for, uh, for what I do. So it has some breath work and uh, just, yeah, just various other things like that. So yeah, those are my two podcasts. Cool, man. That's awesome. And I always ask my guests this, I'd like, well, I'd like to know two things. First off, sure. how would you define resiliency? How would you describe that? Yeah. In your own words. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think it's changed a little bit for me over the years. Initially it was like that. resiliency for me was very yang activity. Like just go regardless. It's, it was consistency, right? It was like, regardless of what happens to you, go and 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 i'm also having a more of a spiritual connection with it now where it's it's um it there's there's some faith that like if i'm doing the right things the right things will happen back to me right so there's a, there's a bit of um that like wayne dyer way of assuming that the you know that if i'm doing the right stuff the right stuff will come to me the right opportunities will come to me so there's a degree of that manifesting but meeting that uh you know law of attraction well over halfway you know what i mean uh and the other thing is the yin the inside of it which is what i've what has changed me with resiliency uh is the ability to um sit with something as well uh and that's been a big part of my development i'd say in the last eight months year uh is is knowing when not to not to be on the treadmill all the time, you know what I mean? Knowing when to take a step back and just being okay with me. And really, because I had the dude, I had this like massive, I still do. I'm still I'm working on it now. This massive like achiever pattern that like I was, 
not worth anything unless I'm like, like on the move, unless I'm doing this, unless I got this on the go, unless I could say this to somebody. Uh, and it was really negatively affecting me. Um, so that is the new element to resiliency is the, the ability to uh, rest, relax without judgment on myself about, oh, I'm being lazy, right? So, you know, lazy is um, to me is like from uh, my context is uh, being lazy is like relaxing with judgment cast upon it, right? So me being able to actually take some time and sit with myself and, you know what I mean? Take a day off guilt-free. And that's been a challenge. I'm going to be yeah. honest, but that's to me, that's resiliency because that's the yin to the yang. If I'm not doing that, then I'm going to burn out and then I'm not going to be as resilient or consistent as I could be. So yeah, interesting. I love that you said the two aspects to it because a lot of people do. And I, I talk about this in my speech is that it's all like head down, grind through. It's all the hard stuff, right? Like nose to the grindstone. There's another side of it. And you really touched on that and it's really good. And I told Mark when I was doing my calls or during our group coaching calls, I'm like a pedal to the metal. Like everything has to be full speed or, you know, that's it. There's no other, there's no, or it's just full speed. Um, And one of our, one of our solo walks that we had to do, he challenged us to go for a stroll. Mm. That was a very painful experience for myself. (laughs) Because it's not like if I do a mile, I'm trying to get under 15 minutes a mile, like with weight <laughs> on my back, go the whole way. Yeah, so right. I just, I just did one. It was two days, two days ago in a snowstorm. And you, no, it was yesterday. It was yesterday. It felt like two days ago. It was yesterday morning. It was the slowest walk I had ever done in my entire life. It took me 45 minutes to go 1.2 miles that I, I felt crazy good after it. Mm. But during, I noticed so many things like all the stuff around me and all the smells, the sounds, it was crazy. And so, yes, as you said, it's important to slow down Mm. because you never know what's going to come into your life during that time. You can't receive things when you're going too fast. Yeah. Very, very well put. It can't give you anything if you're going a hundred miles an hour. That's right. Absolutely, dude. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's a whole different energy. Like I said, it's like the yin to the yang, right? And, yeah. it's, uh, and it's very challenging for like, for guys, like, especially it sounds like you and yeah. you know, perhaps a lesser degree me, but I dude, like, yeah, hundred percent. And that, that was, that's been the, um, the trickiest, right? Because, uh, yeah, I feel like, um, at the end of the day, if I haven't had 12 things I can rattle off that I've accomplished or done, I'm like, Ooh, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you know, my self-worth feels uh, <laughs> limited. You know, I start second guessing myself. Right. So it's challenging, man, but it's so worth it. Cool. I'd love to ask you one final question here is what is one tip or piece of advice you could give somebody listening to become a more resilient human? Yeah. Great question. Yeah. More resilient human. I'll keep this one simple. I know a lot of my answers have been pretty, pretty, uh, pretty lang- long form. We'll say, uh, breathe, b- b- awareness of breath, deep breath, um, breathing. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Yeah, cool, man. This has been an awesome chat. Is there anything that we didn't cover that you would love to uh, to get out there right now? Well, Kevin, first off, yeah, just really thank you for for taking the time today. It's great to get to know you. 
you know, congrats on, like you say, on, on the graduation and we'll keep in touch. I'd love to have you back on, uh, on my show as well. Uh, if anybody wants to reach out to me, I'm, I'm most often found on Instagram. I'm on there uh, a fair bit. We'll say, uh, so it's recoveryroadmap.me. And that is my Instagram handle. Also my website. So it's uh, www.recoveryroadmap.me. A little bit more about my programs and such. Uh, feel free to give me a follow and, uh, you know, uh, interact with me. I'm very interactive on there. I'd love to hear your story. Uh, if, if you do have some form of a recovery story, uh, I love that. So that's what I'm looking for. That's like the, uh, you know, the bread and butter of the show. I, like I mentioned, I have a lot of healers on, but I love getting people on and just having them tell their recovery story. So by all means, find me at uh, beyond recovery, uh, the podcast. And, uh, if you're, if you're wanting to become a guest, by all means, reach out. And that's uh easiest way to get a hold of me. Cool. I'm going to share all those links in the show notes. So if anybody wants, they can just click through and, and find you very easily that way. So Matt, it's been a pleasure. I'm glad that we had the ability to do this, that we yeah. finally kind of connected and got this done. Yeah. Uh, tons of value in this episode and I, I hope people really enjoy it. So again, thank you very much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Pleasure's all mine. And yeah, I appreciate you and everything you got going on. I love this, this idea of the podcast and uh, yeah, dude, let's 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 keep up the collaboration for sure right really on. excited sounds good thanks again thanks for listening if you enjoyed this episode please share it with others or leave a rating and review to catch all the latest episodes be sure to subscribe and i'll see you next time